everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Kingsguard podcast. You'll notice that uh, Cole, my normal co-host, is, is still isn't with me. Uh, so I would ask that you guys keep praying for him and his family. Um, he'll be back uh, later on, and we'll get things back to normal as uh, as, as we usually do. Um, as, as for those that follow the podcast and, and, and keep up with what, what's going on with us and uh, follow us regularly, you know that we, we tend to just... You, Life happens, things happen, and we just tend to go with the flow. Um, but one of the things that we want to do is we want we always want to do what the Holy Spirit guides us to do. Um, sometimes that's very scary. Um, I have been hoping that Cole would be back. There is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about uh, for a while that goes right along with our theme of our identity in Christ. Um, last week, or the last month, I should say, you all had the opportunity to hear uh, in two episodes, uh, a two-part episode, uh, me and my wife talk about building a legacy and how that's important um, and how you build that legacy together. And again, understanding that we don't have all the answers, um, but there's some things, some lessons in life that we've learned that we hope that we can pass on to you. Now, this week, you'll notice that I'm by myself, and that's okay. Um, it's always scary when you're by yourself. Uh, you always wonder if people are going to watch, people are going to listen uh do you guys watch for me or do you watch for cole uh sometimes you wonder but uh the topic that we're going to talk about is is a very important one um now you see the imagery you you see the name um most of you know my background so there's probably some of you that are waiting for this this wes is going to do a clarence doyle style war story that's not that's not really what I'm about to do, um, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to tell a war story, but it's not the kind that you think it's going to be. Um, and it's not going to be comfortable for me. Um, so there's some things that I'm going to talk about, some things that I'm going to reveal here that I've never been comfortable talking about. Now, I've talked about them before. Uh, I don't hide them. I don't. I don't. I don't conceal them. Um, but I don't necessarily just throw them out there for everybody's information. But I think that God's just kind of leading me in a certain direction, and I want to obey, um, even as scary as that may be. Sometimes um, I feel like it's important to obey um, because even when we feel like exposing that vulnerability and, and opening that thing up, uh, when God wants us to, that that there are going to be those that are going to criticize. There are going to be those that look down on you and there are going to be those that judge. And, and the truth of the matter is there are, there will be those. But I know that if I've been through it, I think Leela said it last month in the last episode. And if you haven't seen that episode, you need to go look at that episode. She said, if, if I've felt it, someone else is feeling it too. Same thing goes with if I've been through it, if I've felt it, if I've thought it. Somebody else has been through through that as well. Someone else has thought those thoughts as well. Someone else has, has been in that place before. Or maybe more to the point, somebody's going through that now. And you're in a place where you are overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. Um, this episode is kind of for you. Um, 
So we're just going to go ahead and get started. I, I, I really want to, I, I don't want to drag this out. I kind of want this to go as quickly as we can. One, I just kind of want to rip off the Band-Aid. And then two, uh, I, I don't want to drag it out because I know if it's just me talking, it can drag out. Um, but I want to get to the heart of the matter. And I want to have this conversation. And, and this is really a conversation for men. Uh, though that doesn't mean that ladies can't benefit from it. Uh, I, I say that a lot. Leela gets on me. She's like, she's like, you always leave out the women. I, and I don't mean to. Um, but the reality is this is a podcast for men. And uh, I can come from a man's perspective because I am a man. And, and um, I don't know. I don't come from a lady's viewpoint. So ladies, if you've been through this, uh, if you've experienced this, I hope it helps you. Um, just understand that I, I know I'm coming from a different viewpoint, so I don't know how that relates to you. Um, but take what you can from it, and hopefully it will help you. Uh, so we'll just get into it. General Sherman of the United States Army during the Civil War, he made the statement, he said, I'm tired and sick of war. Its glory is all moonshine. It's, it is only those who have neither fired a shot or heard the shrieks and groans of the wounded who cry aloud for blood, for vengeance, for desolation. War is hell. I, I've always heard that. And I never really understood it. You know, I, I grew up watching John Wayne and Clint Eastwood and all those all of those guys. I mean, I, I remember watching. In fact, I, I tell the story all the time. You know, I, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I, I knew I wanted to go in the army. I knew I wanted to be a Green Beret. After me and my dad, I was I was probably, oh, I don't think I was even 10 years old yet. And I remember sitting down watching the Green Berets uh, based off of the book by Robin Moore uh, with John Wayne in it. Uh, and it was it was on a John Wayne marathon on Turner Classic Movies. And uh, I remember seeing that movie thinking that's what I wanted to do with my life. And I remember turning around to my dad saying, "I'm that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to be when I grow up. He just kind of kind of just chuckled, right? But I grew up watching those movies and I, I grew up, you know, kind of romanticizing the idea of war. And I think most boys do. You know, if we're going to be honest, you know, my, my sons, they, I, I never had to teach them how to take a stick and make it a gun. I didn't, I didn't have to teach them how to take a cardboard box and turn it into, you know, in, into a suit of armor from King Arthur and the round table and, and the Knights of the round table. I, I didn't have to teach them that, that that was intrinsic in who they were. It was, it was just a part of them. They, they picked it up. They, they knew, um, my youngest Liam, I mean, it's, he's not even two years old yet, you know, and, uh, he'll grab one of the, one of the kids, uh, laser tag guns and he will pie the corner on the doors with the laser tag gun. Now, for you guys, for most people, you're like, I don't know what that means. Uh, but for anybody who was in the military, anybody who was in law enforcement, to watch a kid who isn't even two pie a door, uh, you know, 
most of the dads out there going, yeah, okay, yeah, good, good, good job. Uh, at least I hope you are, you know. Um, but I didn't have to teach him all of those things. One, he kind of, part of that is he watches me. Uh, so when I play with the kids and things like that, and we're, he watches, he pays attention, but he, some of that he just picks up on his own. The aggressive nature, the the, the desire to fight, that you know, the fist fighting, that they he they they know that kind of stuff on their own. You don't have to teach them. And so I think that the idea that I romanticized war as a young boy, I think most of us could say that we did that as kids. But as I grew up, you know, I, I, I became a soldier and, and did all of those things. You know, and, it, and, and here's the reality. It wasn't just it wasn't just the movies, you know, the books that I read or, or even as a kid, the books that were read to me. And I do the same thing. Uh, my dad used to read, you know, Robin Hood and his Merry Men. Uh, he used to read the Lord of the Rings trilogy for us. And I remember he would make all the voices and things of that nature. And and when my kids were younger, I read to them. I read them the same stories. My, in fact, Ian has. Uh, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table book on his desk right now. Um, and I remember reading all of those stories to the kids and and it's so I'm I'm still even even in the books I read, even even in in the history that I look up, I gravitate more towards military history than I do most everything else. Though I like all sorts of history, I I tend to be more fascinated with military history. So as I study military history, you know, um, my, I, I become a little bit more intrigued and things of that nature. And I, I get more involved in it. And I've always been that way. But there comes a point, you know, where, you know, you, you have to realize that all of those, all of those, romanticized ideas are just the boyhood dreams of a child. Paul said it uh, at one point. He said that uh, when I was a when I was a child, I, I I thought as a child, I spake as a child. I, I did childish. He says he did childish things, but then he became a man and he put had to put the childish things away. And there comes a point in your in your life as a man where you you have to stop romanticizing the things that you used to romanticize as, as a kid, you, you have to grow up. You, you have, you have to look at the world through clear lenses. I even remember, you know, I remember where I was on, on, on September 11th. You know, I think most of us that, that were alive at that point, do I, I remember where i was i remember watching the planes at the tower i remember i remember watching people jump from the uh from the parts of the building that they were trapped they couldn't get down they couldn't get below the fire because the fire was too hot they just couldn't get there and i remember i remember watching them fall from the skyscrapers and you, you we thought it was originally, we thought it was debris, and then they zoom in, and you realize that's a, that's a person. And I remember 
I remember probably the, the, the clearest memory I have of that whole thing is is that 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 big pillar of smoke, that great big smoke cloud that came out of there that lasted for days on end. I mean, I didn't think that thing was ever going to go away. And it was so big you could see it from space. 3,000 dead. I think that was probably 4,000, maybe 4,000. And it was a moment that changed our country completely. We recognized that we weren't that we weren't safe anymore. That we weren't safe. We, 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 in fact, we never were safe. We, we were never at a point where we were secure. They could, if they wanted to hit us, they could hit us. It was an eye-opening moment, and then for months and months, as they cleaned up the debris, as they tore it out, months, they. Days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months, months turned into a year, two years before they finally were able to construct something to replace where those, those two towers used to be. And during all that time, all you saw was this, this big hole of where they were. And it was this horrid reminder that no matter how much you try to romanticize it, no matter how much you try to make it sound good, Hollywood it up, Sherman had it right. War is hell. It's literally hell on earth. I remember going on my first combat mission, and I remember, I remember the lump in my throat. And I remember, you could probably, I can only speak for myself in this, and I, I can't, I can't speak for everybody else maybe nobody else had this i, I don't know if you didn't I, that's fine it's i did um but i remember the thought playing over and over in my mind I, am i going am i going to be the guy that freezes up am, am i going to be the guy that that tucks tail and runs or am I going to do my duty? We didn't even know if we we're going to get shot at. We didn't know any of that. I didn't know any of that. I mean, more than likely, we, we knew more than likely we weren't. But I remember that was going through my mind. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain it. It was it was just this this eerie feeling that i mean in every single time is this going to be the moment where i clam up is this going to be the moment and i had that that burning fear in the back of my mind the entire time that i was downrange the every single time i stepped out the door every time i did something 
every time we went somewhere, I had that fear in the back of my mind. Is this going to be the day that I'm going to let the team down? Is this going to be the day that I screw it up? Is this going to be the day where I become a coward? I never did. It was never during physical combat. I, I didn't learn the lesson that war is hell in physical combat. And there may be some guys who that, that may be where they're at, but that, in my experience and the guys that I know, that's that's not really where it's at. I learned that war is hell when I came home. And I'm not talking about dealing with the demons and all of that. Some guys do. But what I'm talking about is I, I had no problem going down range. I had no problem going to training and doing all of those things but all the while i was i was doing that stuff i was being the good green beret and i was being the good the good soldier for uncle sam uh i wasn't paying attention to the war that was going on at home i wasn't paying attention i, I shouldn't say i wasn't paying attention i was i was neglecting the war that was going on in my mind i was neglecting the war that was being fought over my honor and my integrity That's why I learned that war is hell. I learned that war was that war is hell in the wake of the devastation of my own home. In the destruction and the and and the the desolation of my own marriage, in the in the chaos of the relationship that I left behind with my children and in the ruin of my own legacy. That's where I learned that lesson. That's where Sherman's words hit me in the face. And I wasn't the only one that's ever done this. This isn't the first time. I'm the first one that's ever that this has ever happened to. In fact, 1 Samuel chapter 30 tells us the story of a man who did the same thing. David of all people, right? Who'd have thought? David, this mighty warrior poet who, who we, we revere as this incredible warrior and this incredible man of God. The Bible even says that he was a man of God's own heart. But see, a couple chapters earlier, we see where David goes on the run from, from Saul. And when he goes on the run from Saul, he turns at some point and goes and, and, and aligns himself with the Philistines who are the enemies of God's people. And he camps himself out at Ziklag. At some point in chapter 29, we see where the Philistines are gearing up and they're marching off to war to go to war against Israel at Gilboa. And Israel is marching, the King Saul's marching his armies, uh, towards Gilboa to meet them. David and his men are in the back of the train of the Philistines marching along. And once they get there, they set their 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 camps in array, they 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 set up camp, they prepare. They're getting ready for the battle for the next day. You see David 
uh, preparing his men for the day. And then you see a meeting that takes place between the Philistine commanders and Achish, the, the Philistine king. And the commanders say, you need to send David home because if you don't, he's going he's gonna to defect and go to the, the Israelites and he's going to fight for the Israelites and he's going to kill us all. And they probably weren't wrong. But for any soldier who gets sent home early from the battle, I mean, any soldier worth their weight, right? It's like a slap in the face to be called in and said, hey, you're going home. So David and his men get sent back home. Sent home in disgrace, and as they're marching home, They, uh, it's a three-day march, right? Now, I imagine that they could smell the smoke a little ways off, probably before they ever saw anything, and they could probably waved it off. They didn't think anything of it, you know. Though the, the, the smell was familiar to them, they had raided plenty of Amalekite towns, and villages and things of that nature they they knew what it smelled like when you raised the village but it couldn't be you know i think you and i would kind of be the same way no there's no way no 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 not my home and so they keep marching going home they're probably at this point they're probably getting eager to be home and see family and their 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 wives and their kids and and then it comes into view and what they saw was nothing but rubble and ash ruins nothing left ziklag a fortress that the Philistines had given them. It was completely burned to the ground. Destroyed in a surprise attack by the Amalekites. And if that wasn't bad enough, they found that their wives, their sons, their daughters had all been taken captive. The Bible tells the story, and it, 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 it says that David and his men were so overwhelmed with grief that they wept until they had no more power to weep. They cried until they had no more tears to cry. No, no more voice to cry out with. In fact, it says that at one point, David's men decided that they were just going to stone him. I mean, he was the leader after all, right? He was the guy in charge. He was, he was the one making the decisions. It was his decision to go to Achish. It was his decision to go to the Philistines. It was his, it was his decision 
to go to Gilboa with them. It was his decision to march off to war. And here's here's the kicker. When they left, they left it. It was his decision to just take every fighting man and leave it undefended. There's a problem with where they were pointing their finger. And it, it and don't get me wrong, they were exactly right. David, David was the one made those that made those decisions. But not a one of them, not a single one of them called him out on it. Not one of them raised their voice and said, uh, David. You sure you don't want to leave anybody back here just in case? Like, I get it. Odds are nothing's going to happen. But, you know, just in case. Not a one of them. But yet, they were going to blame him and stone him and just him. And he was going to let him. I don't know how many men are out there who are having a Ziklag moment. And I intended for this to just be one episode, but I, I don't know. This may, this may become more. Because I think this is an important discussion to have. This is an important conversation. Said I don't I don't know how many of you are having a zigzag moment. I don't. I mean the reality is I mean Lord of Mercy. Most of us have the blinders on anyway. I mean we don't we we're ready we're ready to defend our families for any. For any event, right? I mean, the ninja invasion at Walmart. The the we're ready for the the active shooter situation at the schools. We're ready for the active shooter situation in church, for the mugging, for the for the for the for the road rage incident, for for the home invasion. Uh, we, we we prepare ourselves. We go to the range. We shoot. We do all those things. We 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 get on the mats and we roll. We lift weights and we we pick up heavy things and put heavy things down. And we 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 prepare ourselves for for every eventuality except for the enemy that comes from within. We're looking for the enemy to, to come from the outside. We go to work so we can build a financial future. But on that, I mean, we're not really defending them. I mean, so when it here's because here's the reality: there, there's there's a real enemy that wants that wants to tear your family apart. There's a real enemy that wants to destroy you. There's a real enemy that wants to ruin your legacy. There is a real enemy that wants to hurt your kids. And I'm not just talking about you know some because we got we somebody's going to mention. The 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 cult in Hollywood and 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 the insidious cabal uh, that is leading human trafficking and I I'm not 
I don't deny any of that. I, I'm, I'm, that's, but they're not the primary enemy guys. They're not the ones orchestrating all of that. There's an enemy in your home that you're not paying attention to. Every time your kids log into Facebook or scroll through Snapchat, every time your wife gets on Instagram or Facebook, every time you turn the screen just, just enough so that your, your spouse can't see who you're talking to or what you're looking at, every single time, that's the enemy attacking. Every single time... Something like that is going on. Every single con hidden conversation, every single closed door meeting, every single, every single encounter that is not specifically designed or intended to be God-focused is a potential enemy attack. You're saying, well, what's your being paranoid? My, my kids, I know what my kids watch on YouTube. I know what they're doing on Snapchat. I know, like, I, and I get that. I, and I'm not, maybe it's not you, maybe it's not your kids. And then again, maybe it is. Maybe it's not your wife. Think it, maybe it is. Maybe it's not you doing things you shouldn't, talking to people you shouldn't, looking at things you shouldn't. Then again, maybe it is. And I'm not coming at you with an intention to judge, criticize, or attack. It's not my intention at all. Because I've been there. I've stood in the wake. I've stood in the ruins of my own home. Not because of something that anybody else did. Not because of the mistake that my wife made. No, it was all me. But coming from experience, when I tell you, I nearly lost everything. nearly lost my home I nearly lost my wife my family and there are things that I've lost certain spheres of influence where I've lost credibility it's gone won't ever get it back certain certain people that I've hurt that I'll never have the opportunity to mend those relationships. Men who've died slipped into eternity that I'll never Never, ever have another opportunity.
tell them about somebody who loves them so much that even when they didn't deserve it, even when they were unworthy, he didn't just go to war for them. He laid his life down willingly for them. I'll never again get to tell them about my Savior. Had a man die in my arms one day. That's one I live with every single day. I relive that. I relive that moment every single time I, I close my eyes. I. He was a brother. Teammate. And I'll never have the opportunity. Gentlemen, I, I want to do this. wanted to do this episode because, well, let me be honest, I didn't want to do this episode. Didn't. I didn't want to have this conversation. I didn't want to have, I didn't want to get on here and start having this conversation. And I haven't even began to, I haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg yet. There's men out there that need the wake up call. You need to know that you are at war, whether you want to be or not. Whether you want to just live in this sugar-coated world that everything is hunky-dory at home, you're not. It's not. It's not. You're at war. Every waking moment that we are on the face of this earth, we are at war. And I'm not talking about the physical wars that we see. Those are just manifestations of what's really going on. Yeah, we can talk about how those wars are are hell. It's what Sherman was talking about, but he didn't, I don't think he really grasped the full measure of what he was saying. We can look at Ukraine. We can look at, you know, We could look at human trafficking, drug trade, child sex trafficking. We can, you know, it's easy to say, hey, there's war there. There's, there's, there, that's a horrible thing. That's, you know, that's devastating. It's easy to recognize. It's easy to recognize it then. It's hard to recognize it when it's in your own home, under your own nose. I know I have some men that, that watch this podcast that, you know, you're, you're not believers. You don't. You're not Christians like I am or some of the others. 
but deep down you feel it. I don't think anybody can help but feel it. You, 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 you recognize the conflict within you. You recognize that something is off. Something is not right. Something is wrong. Something, it, it, something inside you, something in your home. Some, there, there's just, it's something missing. And you're right. There is. See, this war, it's, it's war that I'm talking about. Is in, it's not the physical war that we see. And I'm, it goes far beyond, you know, the emotional battles that we face. And, and more than the, the psychological. And, and it, it's something deeper than that. It's something, something more primordial. The real the reality is this it's the Bible tells us that for those that don't believe in him that you know we're separated from God that, that because Adam sinned in the garden that, that the Bible says that in, in the book of Romans that by by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. It's this sin that separates us from God. It's that sin that 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 puts us at puts us in conflict with Him. Makes us enemies of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter five verse eight that God commendeth or demonstrated, showed His love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, enemies, in conflict with God, while we were still at war with him, he died for us. He did what we couldn't do. And he made a way to bridge the gap. So that empty hole that we all feel, that, that emptiness, that void, that, that perpetuates all of this conflict within us. Bridge that gap so that he could fill that void. For you, for me, for whoever believes on I didn't want to do this episode i didn't want to do it because there's a lot of baggage there there's a lot of things that to talk about there's a lot of there's a lot of underlying issues that each of us are going to face for us to right for us to go down this road for us to have this conversation we're gonna have to, it's gonna have to be real it's gonna have to be genuine it's gonna have to be extremely transparent most of us don't like being that transparent but it's a necessary conversation have you been experiencing 
the hell that is warfare in your home? Have you been noticing the signs of the enemy? The devastation, the destruction, the desolation, the ruin. You may be on the brink of divorce. Maybe you're you're at odds with your kids. You're you're not on speaking terms with your kids. Maybe there's some folks in your church that you haven't been able to bury the hatchet with. It's time to get that done. I'm not saying go divorce your wife. That's not what I said. That's not what I mean. But it's time to face the facts and recognize that we're at war. And there's two things that you can do. Once you, once you turn and you recognize that we're at war, there's two things that you can do. You can either tuck tail and run like I did for a while. Or you can turn and fight. Say, well, Wes, I don't, I don't know how to fight this kind of war. I don't know how to wage this kind of warfare. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, it, it's, it's unfamiliar to me. I mean, you, maybe you're that guy. I mean, you, you were G, a good GB, good Green Beret, a good Navy SEAL, a good Army Ranger, whatever it was that you were. You can go away. Maybe you were a good cop. You can go wage war in the real, in the physical world. You struggle in waging the war that matters. So we're going to turn this into probably a four-part series. Wasn't my intention. That's not a. That was not my intention at all. But I think that we need to have the conversation. How do we wage war? What does it look like? And uh, and I'm not going to give you all the secrets. There's some things that we're going to keep close to the test because I've got some stuff coming down the pipe uh, that I, I want to give you guys later on. Um, there's some, and I'm not saying that we're not going to teach you guys how to fight spiritual warfare. That's not what I'm talking about. But I can't give you all the answers in the podcast. What I will tell you is a good start, a good place to start looking. Let's get your Bible out. Pull out your Bible. Get in the Word of God. Dust off the sword. Pull it out of the sheath and get ready to fight. Right? That's what it's there for. It's there to use. It's there to equip you. There to, to feed you. There to fuel you. There to... To, to be the, the 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 weapon of our defense, the weapon of our offense. It's a good place to start. You want to know about spiritual warfare? Open up your Bible. Start reading. It's literally the spiritual warfare manual. That's what it's that's what it is. But we're gonna we're gonna break this into a spiritual in, into a four part series. So this is this is part one. Um and we're gonna 
we're going to keep going with this for a little bit. Um, and then um, we're going to work on getting you guys some materials. Um, we're going to invite you into some things uh, here pretty soon. I'm going to work on some, some things. That I've got a lot going on here. Uh, for example, we're getting ready to take our kids to Arise next week, the Arise Youth Conference. And I'm really looking forward to that. I've been looking forward to that for a while. Um, our teams are really excited, so I'm, I'm excited to go there and uh, and get and and walk and enjoy that atmosphere and enjoy that environment of good preaching and good good singing and 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 seeing kids and teens and young adults uh, experience what it means to worship God. Um, looking forward to that. So we, we've got that going on next week. Uh, I am I am in the middle of formatting and editing and rewriting uh my book uh which is called the way of the war that you know but uh where we deal with a lot of the stuff that's in here that we're going to be talking about in fact i go in very i go really in depth into that book um but i'm working on that so there, there's a lot of going on there we got some stuff going on with the church that we're working on a lot of things that we're working on. We got a Sunday school stuff, uh, a, a Sunday school event that we're working on bringing out uh, here in August. So life is busy, um, but I can't neglect you guys, and I can't neglect getting things out there for you guys uh, as far as the King's Guard goes. We need to have another initiates course and get another initiates course launched now. So what I will tell you is this: we've just uh, we're we're going to be wrapping up. So at the same time that most of you are watching this, or some of at least some of you are watching this, or at least when this airs, um, we are going to be conducting the last session of this Bible study uh, with the House of X-Ray guys, which is our virtual roundtable for the Kingsguard. Um, so what I'm going to do is starting August, all right, starting in August, um, if you guys want to jump in on that, uh, and, and join the the, uh, the House of X-Ray. Um, in fact, if you want to jump in before, you can do that too. That's You're not going to bother me. But if you want to jump into the House of X-Ray, just let me know. You can email me at, uh, you can email us at the House of X-Ray, all one word, the House of X-Ray at the Kingsguard.org. The House of X-Ray at the Kingsguard.org. I'll make sure that we put that uh, in the description uh, for you guys so that you guys have that. Um, and then, uh, so if you want to join the House of X-Ray, say like you say, hey, I don't, I, we don't have the Kingsguard where we're at. For the most part, I get that. Um, you say I want to get involved in this program. I want to see what it's all about. House of X, the House of X-Ray is a really good opportunity for you to do that, for you to get in there and see what's going on, and and participate in that. And uh, I, I would love to have you guys in there and and get into that as well. Uh, so the House of X-Ray, we'll do that August. Uh, I, think the sixth is the uh is a sunday so it would be august 8th uh will we'll, we'll be the uh the next kickoff we're going to kind of redo the the abraham the first warden study um i've got some guys that have already gone through that so they're going to be ready to go uh to help guys get through that as well really good study really gives you a good idea of what it is that the king's guard's all about shows you what we're what we do how we do it gives you a real flavor and a taste for the king's guard format uh and the king's guard program um and then from there we can launch the different courses like the initiates course and things like that so i'm going to we'll, we'll keep talking about that here later on i'll let you guys know i want to get another initiates course off the ground 
uh, before the end of the year, though. Um, and so we'll talk about that as well. But this matter of spiritual warfare is a, is a very important one. It's the one aspect of warfare that we just don't train for. And you guys have heard us say that before. I want to change that. I want to, I, I want to flip this on its head, and I, I want to take the fight to the enemy. I don't want to be the only dangerous man, spiritually speaking. And I don't want, you, you know, th there to only be four of us out here, uh, four or five of us that are doing this. And I know there's not, you know, but at the same time, I would be failing if we did not, we would all be failing if we didn't at least make a major attempt. And I mean, a real attempt to equip you all to join us in that fight. So we're going to put some things in place. We're going to start working on that. And I'll let you guys know what's going on with that. Um, again, keep praying for, for Cole and uh, his family. Uh, I look forward to when Cole can get back to us and uh, participate uh, and join me on the podcast once again. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again next month. Uh, we'll, we'll do part two next month um, and then uh, and, and go from there. Um, I hope this was encouraging. I hope this was uplifting. I hope you guys got something out of this. Uh, do us a favor. Uh, if you are a fan of the Kingsguard podcast, one, you can follow us on YouTube. Uh, you can subscribe, like, and subscribe, and then hit that notification bell uh, to let us let you know whenever we put out a new video. It'll be once a month. Um, and then you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, just find us on, at the Kingsguard podcast on Facebook. Um, and then you can find it. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can listen to us. And really, you can listen to us on all the platforms that are out there, all podcasting platforms. Um, so whatever your preferred podcast platform is, please find us there. But also do us a favor. Share the podcast with someone you know who needs it. Someone who you know will get something out of it and will benefit from it. All right? We want, we want to be light. We want to be salt, right? That's what we're called to be. And so we, we, we're called to make disciples of, of other men, right? We're not just there to, to witness to them, to lead them to Christ and, 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 and to give them the gospel. We have to disciple them in the word, disciple them in the, doc, in the doctrines of the word. Um, so join with me in that effort. Join with me in that effort. And uh, let's take the fight to the enemy. Let's be dangerous men who make the enemy tremble. We really can all right, we really can be those men for God. I know that there were there, there were definitely men in the Bible that, that that we see that were those men, but it's because they put their faith fully and completely in Christ and fully and completely in God and what He could do. Um, so let's let's figure out, let's learn how to equip ourselves for spiritual warfare and fight in this war. I'm Wes Carey, otherwise known as Bravo X-ray, host of the, of the King's Guard podcast. I appreciate you guys being out. Just being faithful, tuning in every single episode, uh, for sharing us, for liking all the videos, for watching and supporting us and praying for us. Uh, I get I get messages from you guys all the time that you're praying for us and, and you reach it. Re got people that reach out all the time that let us know that, that they appreciate the content, and what we're doing here. Um, it means a lot. It's encouraging. So thank you very much for all of that. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing you guys next month. Until then, remember, there's a king who loves you. And he's wanting to see you reach your greatest potential. He's offering anyone with a heart willing to put on their battle armor place in the King's Guard.